and welcome to Sutra Side Talk, episode 121. I'm your host, Cameron Shushtar, and with me is... James Selig. It is October 17th, and dude, did you look at the weather app today? It might rain. It might it's fucking rain. rain. Holy I, shit. I've been, I want to say half joking, because it's actually a serious problem. Like, it has not rained here in the Bay Area for literally this entire year. Yeah. Like, I can't remember it raining since last winter. For those that don't know, California is in a bit of a drought, and it's a new drought. Like, we Just had another one. drought before for years, literally years, and then it stopped, and we were like, oh, thank God, cool, like, we're getting yeah. water again. And then it's another fucking drought. <laughs> so it's been, yeah, it's been something, to say the least. But Yeah, hope. Lake Tahoe is down, like what six inches apparently that's not good yeah uh it's just rain for like three hours tonight which isn't the best but it's not the worst and I'll take whatever i can get yeah it says it's gonna rain the rest of the week though so this mm. is hopefully just the start hopefully oh okay so you want to know how i really know that i haven't like had that it hasn't rained or whatever or at least not that i've noticed i have yet to have to drive to work or from uh work in the rain that's one thing I haven't uh, done yet. And it's, I don't know. That was like one thing when I was getting, I guess, ready to start doing this new, uh, job when I got hired was like, oh, man, I don't have much freeway driving experience other than going like here and back from like Davis every once in a while. Uh, I hope I can like, you know, I hope driving in the rain isn't a problem. And I literally haven't like dealt with that. Oh, at it's hella fun, dude. It, driving, driving on the freeway is fucking hilarious. I... I <laughs> For those that don't know, I like to drive fast, maybe a little bit. And I don't drive super fast. I'm not one of those 100 miles per hour guys, but like, I'll nah. try to, I, w- I won't duck and weave too much, but you know, I'll, I'll try to I generally enjoy myself. between 75 and 80. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a, good, it's a good time. And then uh, when it's the rain, you know, it's still a good time. You slow down a little bit just because you don't want to fucking fly into the other side of the road going against traffic. But uh, yeah. the thing is... I forgot that I need... Well, there's two things. One, I've been needing to wash and get, like, a shit ton of stuff done to my car on the outside forever now. It's, it's like, there's literally... I kid you guys not, because, like, we're by a park and everything, but there's spider webs on my side mirrors currently. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, fuck. I've been, like, uh, taking them off, but, I like, I don't know where the spider is, so it keeps building them on each side, so that means there's two spiders. And then uh, I actually need to get my wipers uh, changed my wipes are not efficient currently so if it starts raining and i go driving those those things aren't gonna do shit and i'll be like i i don't know what's happening i well fuck it floor it dude i literally lost one of my wipers what how (laughs) like a couple a couple weeks ago it was it wasn't raining but it was like heavy enough fog that it was actually building up on my windshield and i had to like turn the wipers every once in a while and i don't know it's like the one of them was kind of busted a little bit like the the thing that's supposed to click close to keep it on like wasn't staying closed but i didn't think much of it and just like on my way home like that day the i guess i don't know exactly what happened but like the wiper caught on the windshield or, or like dragged too much and it bent a weird way and then the next time it went up it just like snapped right off the uh the wiper arm jesus (laughs) Thankfully, okay. it didn't break like the actual part of the car or anything. I just had to order some new ones off of Amazon and I needed to do that anyway because they were old. But 
it was just really weird that I was just like, what the fuck? I just lost one of my wipers. Damn, that's <laughs> that's something. Holy shit. Yeah. But of course, this is Sutra Side Talk, our weekly show where we talk about uh, what we've been playing and what we've been watching, as well as uh, a couple news bits here and there. And uh, this week, we'll be talking a little bit Nintendo slash Animal Crossing slash Expansion Pass and uh, some G4 news, actually. And then uh, what we've been playing and watching, we're actually going to get a couple big games out of the way. Jedi Fallen Order, Metroid Dread, and if we got time, a few movies, we'll see. Uh, not new ones, but some older ones. And uh, if you guys want to know how we feel about No Time to Die, or I guess, uh, well, actually, I don't even know when we're recording yet currently. Brand, uh, Brandon couldn't record today, James, because oh, okay. the power is out. On what? his block. <laughs> oh no, so, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, uh, we were going to record No Time to Die, our 21st episode of Sutra Sidewatch, and uh, our recording will be delayed. I think we'll still be able to make our release for this Wednesday, but uh, yeah, we're not recording today at least. So maybe if you still want to be on, you can, but All otherwise. Right, let me know. Uh, yeah, we'll do. Uh, but that's coming as well, but we won't talk about it on this, ep- on this show specifically. Uh, with that said, though, you ready to jump right into the news? Sure. All right. So first off, is that there Nintendo news? And do we want to do the good part first? Yeah, or let's do not... the good parts first, I guess. Cause okay. <laughs> to be fair, this uh, this Nintendo Direct was the Animal Crossing one that they teased like a few weeks ago at the last Nintendo Direct. So it it is mostly Animal Crossing news. But the funny thing is like, one little thing they tried to sneak in there is what's really getting everyone going. It's, yes. It's the ended up being like the one bit of news that anyone really cared about. So real fast, though, Animal Crossing, New Horizons on the Switch. Uh, my most played and one of the two only games I played on the Switch. Because <laughs> I just very I don't know. fun, relaxing game for sure. Yes. And uh, it's getting a, a big free update. Like they're doing everything that takes away all a lot of menial activity yeah honestly i'm awesome i'm way more excited for the 2.0 update than the paid dlc that they talked about like some of the things they are including is like you can do farming now sort of and you can take the the fruits and vegetables that you get and like you could cook you can make food yeah i don't know why but this interests me (laughs) it's really awesome and it's like a cooking diy which is really cool yeah And, and yes uh like they're going to let you put uh, stuff outside your home that connects to your, your uh, what is it called? It's not your vault. That's in Destiny. It's a storage shed. Yeah. And I was like, oh, thank God. I don't have to go into my house every freaking time. I want to deposit something now. Yes. It, it's awesome. They're, they're uh, also expanding where you can expand like from 12. I think it's like, what, 1,200 things yeah, they're to like, now 16. Yeah. They're, they're increasing your storage a bunch. Yeah. Uh, I think I it's supposed doing. to be, they showed by the hundreds, which means most likely you'll have to buy the storage, which is fine. Like, mm, you know, it's just like it's how you've been earning everything else in your house. Yeah. It, it makes sense. But they also, like with the storage shed, the cool thing about it is it doesn't have to be next to your house. You can put it anywhere on your mm-hmm. island and it automatically adds to it, which is really cool. But I, like, I think the way I'm going to do it is I might uh, put one next to my house. I don't know yet because I have a fat pumpkin patch I never got rid of since last mm-hmm. year. And uh, I could see where I put it, but uh, I might put one like on the other side of the island and maybe make it like a, I don't know, I kind of want to make a bat theme out of it. 
or something, kind of like mini caves or something like that. I think that'd be really cool. But it, it does, like, spark some creative ideas that I kind of want to do. Because I haven't really been... I, unlike most of my friends, I haven't really done terraforming at all. I haven't done any, like, changes to the island. I've kept it pretty natural. So with that, like, I've, like, next to everyone else, I'm the least creative with my island so far. I haven't even put out all my Godzilla statues yet because there's, like, mm. four of them. I'm actually missing two, I think. But another awesome, like, elimination of just, like, tasks are you won't potentially need your ladder as much anymore, your little hand yeah. ladder. You can, you can place ladders everywhere. Place permanent ladders. Which is so much nicer because that and means I like... I think they're increasing the amount of bridges and yes. uh, ramps that you can make. Yeah, they, they're increasing the amount there. And there's like some other minor things too, but among it as well is they're going to do some updates to Harv's Island. Yeah. They're going to uh, add in... What was the female character's name? Oh I, oh, I forget what her name was. Um, but she can do I, your hair. There's that. And I think they said something about new hairstyles. And also, there's going to be like a campground looking place where all the people that are usually limited time people, like Red, who only shows up on like the weekends or something like that to sell you potentially counterfeit uh, <laughs> paintings. Uh, he's going to have a space on the island. Uh, same with Sahara who sells you like rugs and, and wallpaper and stuff. And kicks. So, and kicks. And yeah, it seems the like... The skunk that sh sells you shoes. It seems like this is going to be the place where like, hey, have you been playing this game for like a long, long time and you're tired of waiting for like specific days or random times that these characters might show up? Well, after like a year, we're just going to let you see them whenever, potentially. Which makes for me specifically like you know i told you before my whole goal for animal crossing for me like everyone likes to decorate and do all this stuff i just wanted to collect everything for the museum and yeah i'm like almost there currently like there's nothing i really can get until like the right month for it for like the fish the sea creatures the bugs currently except for that fucking i think giant tuna at the pier there's like a tuna i'm supposed to get and i can't it won't appear the stupid ass tuna um, no, no, it's a giant Trevelay. That's what I'm missing. Mm. It's a stupid giant Trevelay. Uh, but with with all this stuff, like the one thing I couldn't get fast, like I got all the fossils. The fossils are done. I'm happy with that. The paintings. Mm. There's like it's gonna take forever to get. You can all only the buy like one a week, and, and it could be a counterfeit. And you have to remember when Red's there, and I don't. I'm always missing him every time because yeah. I, mean, I haven't been on recently either. Like I haven't been on for a while. Uh, and then there is the, uh, island changes too. So there's a guy that'll, I forget what his name was, but it'll, his boat will take you. Oh, to, Captain. Yeah. He's, he's going to take you to like weird islands that are like yeah. different styles and different seasons and stuff. So, and there's like different, uh, plants you can get there that are special as well. So that's going to be awesome. They showed the roost in the museum yeah. with the pigeon guy and nice little cafe yeah Brewster and coffee and a uh, bruce that's what his name is you can yeah, get coffee Brewster. there and they'll have other characters come in too and characters can come into your house which is awesome yeah so that that's really awesome uh, i think you can also fly your plane can take you to oh so this is where the paid dlc comes in you can now go yeah. work at a resort or like a vacation it's, island 
Yeah, this I thought was weird. I could see how people could like this. Like if, if you really are one of the Animal Crossing players who loves to decorate homes and you kind of have run out of things to do with your own home or whatever, this is an excuse to be like some random animal villager will ask you like, hey, I want a home with like this kind of biome or like I want some... I want to live someplace warm and I want like this kind of furniture and stuff like that. And you basically, you take what they uh, tell you that they want and you are basically a vacation home realtor and you make and sell them their perfect vacation home and maybe also timeshares. Yes. And I I really like that idea. It's like 25 bucks, right? I think that's the thing. I'm not that excited for it. Because mostly because I didn't even finish paying off for my own home, so you I still got plenty of shit to you do. You didn't take advantage of the no. The I dropped stocks. off, dude. I dropped off super hard, and I feel bad that I've been gone so long that my villagers are gonna just like guilt me, and I'm just like putting off coming back for so long. Honestly, so my plan here is I wasn't gonna get the paid DLC. It comes out the same day as the 2.0 update on November 5th. Hmm. But I was going to wait on the paid DLC and like do as much as I wanted with the other one first. But then I was asking a bunch of my friends like, oh, you guys going to get it day one? And they're like, we're buying that DLC day one. And I was like, hmm, Fuck, okay. all right, I guess I'm going to do it too. Why not? Because everyone's going to be interacting. So that means like we could all do stuff together. Yeah. And so I, I definitely want in on that. But at least I did go in, I want to say a couple weeks ago and tried to de-weed my island but i know it probably grew back a bit and there's a lot to do so i also love halloween's my favorite animal crossing in-game holiday because there's a fucking jack-o'-lantern man that comes in he's so scary so and also he painted my face last year and i don't know how to remove it and i i (laughs) went to go look it up but i forgot so i've just had a blue face this whole time for a year oh weird (laughs) okay it's fucking hilarious yeah if you don't if you trick him and don't give him a treat he'll basically fuck with you interesting but uh yeah, so I'll, I'll definitely pop in soon before Halloween just to redecorate for Halloween, but also uh, just tidy up, make it nice again, and just get some other random things done before this update just so I can be like, oh, maybe some build new things that I never built in the DIY and stuff, but uh, it'll be fun for sure. Uh, with that said, the real reason also we wanted to talk about this too was at the end, Nintendo was like, we have well, the price for the expansion pass. Because well, they didn't... I don't think they even specifically drew attention to it. They were just like, yeah, it'll be included with the Nintendo Switch online expansion pla- uh, plus expansion pass. Whatever, yeah. However they phrase it. And like down at the bottom, I saw the, the price for it was like $50 a year. And I was like, wait, what? Huh? And if if that doesn't make sense to anyone currently the base yearly subscription for nintendo switch online to play your games online and stuff it's basically like xbox live and playstation plus sort of it's only 20 dollars a year but it also gets you access to their super nes and nes games which is cool for like 20 dollars a year that's actually i think a decent deal a limited yeah it's a cool catalog a limited catalog i'll say but a cool catalog And so when they first talked about the expansion pass and didn't mention what the price was going to be, they said they're going to be bringing uh, N64 games and Sega Genesis games to the expansion uh, to the Nintendo Switch Online catalog, 
which would technically double, I guess, the amount of uh, consoles that you could play. Although it wouldn't double the amount of games at this point. But anyway, when they first announced it, my inclination was just like, oh, okay. Well, if it's going to be an extra, you know, price hike on top of the current price, how much could it possibly be for like a dozen N64 games at this point and like a dozen Genesis games? Couldn't be more than $15, maybe $20 extra. Maybe maybe it doubles the price. No, they went like an extra $30. That's 150% more. Like, yes. it just doesn't seem right to me. <laughs> so, there's a couple things with this. One, we get two more platforms of content. Genesis yeah. and N64. And it's like, okay. Oh, plus the Animal Crossing DLC is plus thrown the in there Crossing. for some reason. Which, you know, if this is $30 extra, you're basically paying $30 for N64, Sega Genesis, and then the $25 Animal Crossing DLC. Yeah. So you think maybe that might be an okay deal, but here's the thing. This is the yearly price. That means if you cared about Animal Crossing's DLC, you're paying $50 every year for it, practically. Yeah, and that's, I'm worried about that. The like, bigger question. Anything if you don't renew? <laughs> I think you just get it. when It comes with it after just the one purchase. I think you're okay. Otherwise, there would be I even... No, That would cause a lot of uproar. That's the thing that would cause a lot of uproar. But here, think about this, too. What if you're not... An, what if you are not an Animal Crossing player? Yeah, then it and doesn't you're basically paying thirty dollars for because that's a specific game. No one does that. Nintendo, I mean, uh, Sony and Microsoft do not do that. Like they oh, won't no. be like, like, oh, here's I, this DLC. I looked on Twitter to see what people's reactions were after this uh, Nintendo Direct presentation, and a lot of people were like, "I don't own Animal Crossing. I don't play Animal Crossing, so this extra bit doesn't really add anything to me." Yeah, so it's a very, it's very, what's the word I want to use? Sleazy. It's very yeah. sleazy. Uh, that That is honestly what I want to say. And the worst part is when you, like, there's been great YouTube things where, of course, they used Spongebob. And, like, it's just like, you think this is funny? It's like, oh, what a, oh, my God. It's like Plankton as, the, as Nintendo and the disgusting Krabby Patty is, uh, what the the fucking deal the expansion pass and shit but like you can find that shit all over youtube right now but in the comments everyone's like this sucks and then you'll see that one guy that one guy that posts and he goes the worst part is everyone's gonna buy it anyway yeah because it's one of those things where all right let's say if you are an animal crossing player personally personally I would not want this expansion pass. I would be like, cool, no, I'd N64 rather... and Genesis. I still haven't even played my Nintendo and SNES games yet, so I have no reason to get this expansion pass. But if they say it's $5 more than the Animal Crossing DLC and you get the DLC with it, then I'm like, well, fuck. Like I, might, yeah. like, I might as well. There's no, there's no reason not to. I think me. for Animal Crossing specifically, I would rather just buy the DLC outright. Because it's that's like an ongoing thing. Uh, it does make me wonder, though. Do you think that they could maybe include other DLCs for other games in the future? Like they potentially as a yearly thing. It's like this year's was Animal Crossing. Next year, that's what I'm saying. I can almost guarantee when you get this online pass, you permanently get the Animal Crossing DLC specifically. I would hope because if that isn't the case 
that could cause a lot of shit because imagine you're playing Animal Crossing and then that DLC is gone. What happens to the stuff you made for it? What happens to all that? Stuff? That wouldn't work. What happens that to your save? <laughs> it's it's not something where like that hasn't really been done before. If you really think about like, oh, free PlayStation Plus games, free Xbox games with gold games or whatever, like, you know, the whole thing with PlayStation Plus is if you lose your, if you stop using your account, you won't have access technically mm-hmm. to those games anymore. Those are games. You don't get the DLC. So imagine like how that would be. It, it That that wouldn't work. That would be like, no, no one's ever done that. Basically what I'm saying is like give you DLC and then take it away because that would just cause God knows what to your actual game. So yeah. I, I can guarantee that it's going to be part... It, it's permanent. You're getting that permanent. You may not keep the N64 Genesis games, but you at least get that DLC. And I could say that without having to look at it. Like, if I'm wrong, that would blow my fucking mind. But I know I'm right for sure. Like, I know. Uh, but it's still... The price of this is so insane because it is, like you said, 150% more than what it previously cost. And what annoys me the most, too, is it's still not even everything. That's not Nintendo Game Boy. That's not Game Boy Color. That's not Game Boy Advance. That's not Nintendo DS. That's not 3DS. That's not GameCube. That's not the Wii. And that's not the Wii U. That, right there on my fingers, on my hands, that's eight fucking consoles and portables together of libraries that I've been waiting for them to add and they haven't. And that means what if they did add these games and these, these like platforms, how much is this fucking thing going to cost by the end of it? What if they do put GameCube on there eventually? Is it going to be $70, $80 a year? Like what's going to happen? What if they go? Oh, we also want to, here's Sega Saturn. Like I don't fucking, they put Sega Genesis before the Nintendo game boy. Yeah. That, is weird, especially since there are easily available Genesis collections that you can literally already buy for the Switch. So I, that's not really a huge. You can find it. Li- you can literally find a Genesis collection anywhere on anything. Like it's the most common fucking thing, practically. And and I think yeah, it really is. And like I another layer on top of this is like when you when Nintendo asks fifty dollars a year for their uh, online subscription. That's getting close to what Xbox and uh, Sony ask. Or it's Microsoft $10 and Sony away. ask. It's $10 away. Like bo- Both of those are $60 a year. Granted, Xbox gets a little bit more complicated if you want to talk about Game Pass and stuff like that. But that's like a, a whole separate subscription. I do not feel like Nintendo's online infrastructure is anywhere near the level of quality to Sony or Microsoft. And there's no improvement stated at all. It's they don't with, even have... Without improvement. Yeah, they don't even have party chat at this point. You still, to this day, they want you, if you want to play, uh, do voice chat in like a handful of games on the Switch, they want you to use a mobile app. Because they're, I guess their reasoning was like, oh, well, you always have your phone near you anyway, so it why not just like n- unburden the Switch with having that like bit of processing power uh, partitioned for voice chat. Why not just have you use your phone? Like, well, because if I was going to use my phone, I would just use Discord, which already exists and is better. So it and yeah, like you said, they they have not improved Nintendo Switch online uh, functionality at all. Like to this day, Smash Bros online has like terrible lag problems. They, they claim to have worked on it and made it better over the years, but it's still not like as flawless as I would like, especially for a fighting game. Yeah. 
So I think what yeah, been... it just seems too expensive. They should have. Uh, okay, for me, I would have taken out Animal Crossing DLC. Yeah, that didn't even need to be in there. I would cut it down to maybe fifteen dollars max, and be it is now thirty five dollars. Here's fifteen dollars. You can yeah. get Genesis and Genesis and N sixty four. That would be reasonable. Thirty five dollars is what this is worth, not fifty. Yeah, I easily. absolutely agree. So, I'm it's it's disappointing for two reasons. One, because of the price. Two, because mm-hmm. the lack of platforms they've still failed to the, the the platforms they still haven't put on there that I've been waiting for and. You know, the, the like portable library, at least for the first couple, like Game Boy and Game Boy Color, isn't that massive compared to like the console. But still, it's like something that whole thing. It was available on the DS, right? Like a Which, lot of the games there, like oh, the yeah. Nintendo, yeah, like Game Boy, Game Boy and Game Boy Color. So like, why still haven't if you eliminated DS and you eliminated Wii U to make something that is supposed to be the best of both? Why have you not included both yet? Like, it still yeah. doesn't even, like, it can't even do DS games yet. It, like, it doesn't make sense to me. And how long is this console going to last? Like, when are they going to replace it with something else? Or is it going to be, like, are they going to treat it like the DS, where they go, it's the Switch, and then the 3D Switch or some shit, and they keep, like, making new iterations? Which, if they do, I'm, I'm kind of fine with that, because it means it lasts longer, and your online stuff lasts longer, and they have more time to put more of the stuff on. But this the whole thing of what if they didn't. And then they go to the next console and they start all over again. Yeah. And you're like, but I would, I've been waiting. <laughs> I've been, I was waiting this whole time for all of it to be there. And at least they're, the, the lucky thing they have from over me right now is the fact that I haven't had time. And I've had a bunch of other games backlogged to play. So I haven't even touched it yet. So I haven't really like di- dove in. And gone like, well, I ran out now. Where the fuck's the rest? So that's at least the only thing I could say against myself on it. But it's still an annoyance. And yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, it's just it just feels like tone deaf Nintendo. You know, like it it's it kind of reminds me of back when the 3DS first came out and they revealed it and people lost their minds over the idea of a handheld that could do uh like you know the 3d effect without glasses and nintendo saw their super fans going nuts for it and they were like oh clearly we could price this handheld gaming device in like oh god what year did that even come out like and whatever but like they were like, we'll we'll price it at two hundred and fifty dollars. People will buy it, and their hardcore fans did. But then like no one else did, and they had to drop the price like eighty dollars within the first year. Yeah. So. So. We'll see if Nintendo bothers to respond to all of this. Uh, I guess negative feedback that people have been throwing at them. That just like, hey, we we want to play N sixty four games online. You know we. Sure, Genesis games, cool, but uh, maybe not for an extra $30 right now, especially since it's literally like nine games that they yeah. are adding for for the N64. For now, they said there'd be more later. Yeah, no, there's more coming, but, yeah. but another, another thing on top of that is that like their release schedule for the NES and Super NES games has been really random. 
So, are they are they done with it? Like, are they really not adding anymore? Or are they no, still adding more? No, no, no. I think they're still adding stuff. It's just they don't have a schedule for it. So every every once in a while, randomly one day, they'll just say like, hey, here's three new games. And people are like, oh, okay, thanks. It's really yeah. weird. I don't know why they do that. But all right. Uh, next and only other news, of course, is the G4 TV news. And this is from, of course, their site on G4.com. Uh, or G4TV.com. Uh, G4 to launch on Verizon. Uh, Fios. I don't know what Fios is. Fios. Cox, Xfinity TV, Philo, and Twitch on November 16th, 2021. So, it's finally happening. This whole time it's been like the whole weird, like before G4 and random online stuff like they've been doing, I think, on YouTube and Twitch. Uh, a bunch of live streams. They've had they've pretty much accumulated their whole like cast of people from like return, uh, returning like Adam Sessler and uh, Kevin Pereira to all these other people that are in it now from uh, was Olive May Frost. Um, I think golden boys part of it. And then, you know, Xavier Woods. Yeah. And um, uh, I want to say there's Gina, I think is her name. And then code Miko. Which is awesome. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I can't remember the rest. There, there's a few others, but I can't remember everyone's names. Uh, they're launching with a lineup, I believe, that's... Uh, let's see, here we go. Attack of the Show. X-Play. Boosted, uh, which is a weekly esports comedy series for curious gamers and esports fanatics alike. Uh, Ninja Warrior is returning again. Which, you know, Ninja Warrior was the crazy, like, uh, athletes doing a bunch of crazy shit, running around, like, all these little weird platforms and falling off. It was honestly hilarious to watch. Uh, ESL Gaming, where it'll be, uh, I guess, like, international type of uh, esports or, like, just, what's it? G4 has partnered with ESL Gaming, the world's leading esports and gaming lifestyle company, to produce and broadcast several prime-time esports programs first for ESL gaming in the US and Canada. And uh yeah, okay. And then Dungeon Dungeons and Dragons limited series uh coming off the immense success of D&D Live 2021 featuring notable celebrities yeah, celebrities like Jack Black, Tiffany Haddish, Kevin Smith, etc. Uh looks like they'll do one with like a bunch of the G4 talent and whatnot. Uh and it's going to be on what they're saying is uh, a first of its kind 24/7 broadcast studio. Uh, featuring a collaborative workplace and professional esports and gaming environment. And it'll be in Burbank as well. Mm. Yeah, so it sounds cool. And I used to watch, like, specifically Attack of the Show and X-Play. Yeah, no, I used to watch Attack of the Show too. Mostly not on, like, cable when it was on cable, but I would watch it on game trailers because they would upload uh, episodes to that. Yeah, so it's going to be really cool, it sounds like, and but back then, you know, this is like the main way to watch, like, this was the only thing you could watch. Yeah, really. this was like, like, to my knowledge at the time, the only video game-centric show on, like, cable television. Besides, like, the, the game trailers show on Spike TV with Jeff Keighley and stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it's all been gone and everything's changed. YouTube is a very big platform. Now there's a lot more identities out there 
and a lot of content creators and whatnot. And the whole question was, like, when they first were relaunching was, like, will this have a place and everything? And you could tell they've adapted to the modern style because they've gotten a lot of big Twitch people on. They've gotten uh, esports people on. Like, yeah. They have a good amount of, like, talent, including, like I said, the returning talent and whatnot. I know still, like, I've never been... I still don't really care about esports. Uh, not really. Like... It depends on the game, I guess. Like, it's... It has to be a game for me that I'm, like, personally interested in. Because that's why I really liked watching Overwatch League until I kind of stopped watching them because of all the Blitzchunk stuff and just trying not to support Blizzard in any way. But I... At the time that I was watching Overwatch League... I really was into playing that game. And what I liked about watching the esports part of it was just seeing, you know, how can this game be played on like the maximum competitive level? And it was actually really entertaining to watch. So I could understand how people who really like Counter-Strike could watch Counter-Strike tournaments and how people who are into League of Legends could really like watching League of Legends tournaments and stuff like that. So yeah, I wouldn't watch every esports, but like definitely I would at least watch if there's some if they're showing something that's a game that I actually do play. Mm-hmm. So we got one, two, three, four, five, six shows for this program. And, you know, I have Xfinity, so I can watch it on Xfinity. I have Twitch, I can watch it on Twitch. And it's gonna be on YouTube as well. So we can you have multiple ways to watch. At least I do. I know you probably mm-hmm. can as well with Twitch and YouTube. But I think, at least for me, I definitely want to give it a shot. Like, I would probably treat it just like, oh, I've been watching all these other weekly shows. Like, Demon Slayer started again. Uh, I watched, like, currently, <laughs> this fucking Riverdale's been still happening. And uh, Legends of Tomorrow. You know how I just wrapped on Legends of Tomorrow, season six? Really? Wait, you know how like it recently finished and I watched it, oh, and we yeah. talked about it here. Uh, season seven already started. I'm like, wait, what? wait, what? <laughs> there was That's no break. Fast. It was so fast. It's the fa- it, there has been this is the smallest gap. I was like shocked. I was like, fuck. I, I was because at first I went and looked at recorded stuff on Xfinity, and I'm like, oh, why did they put a rerun on here? And I looked, and I'm like, season seven episode. What the fuck? Okay, <laughs> but I'll, I'll probably treat this like that. Like I can't. I never can watch anything on Twitch. Like. The kind of funny stuff that's also on YouTube Live and stuff, even being a patron, I either forget or I just don't have time to be there right when it premieres normally. Uh, so if they have it somewhere pre, like pretty much like on YouTube or on Twitch, like previous recordings or on Xfinity, I'll definitely take a look and watch it and try them out. Uh, of course, like I'm excited for specifically X Play and Attack of the Show. Like I think those I'll probably be watching for its full duration. I will try, I will say this, I will try out everything. So I'll try Boosted because it sounds like a comedy series uh, as it describes. Ninja Warrior, I might skip out on, we'll see. You know, like that's the kind of on-off one. It's just a bunch of people running around and doing shit. If I'm like kind of bored, I might just throw it on in the back. It, it seems like a fun background thing, if anything. ESL Gaming is potentially would be the first time I'll really watch esports if I do. So I'll see how that is. And then the Dungeons and Dragons limited series. So the four, I would say out of the six of these, the ones I'll probably actually watch is Attack of the Show, X-Play, Boosted, and D&D. The ESL Gaming and the Ninja Warrior 
would probably be background at best, but if anything, I might just drop them upon first episode watches. Uh, I'll just have to see. But that mm. that's me personally. What about you? Yeah, I'll probably watch, uh, try to watch Attack of the Show when they put the clips on YouTube and probably some of the esports stuff if like i said if they're showing a game that i actually am interested in watching but that like i i don't want to say that i'm gonna put a bunch of effort into watching like everything that they put out yeah yeah that's why i'm like two-thirds is probably what i'll do but yeah. I'll, I'll see how it goes uh the only question you know olivia and morgan webb the two co-hosts for each of their respective shows aren't there who's gonna co-host with are they not coming back no, they, they, they're not part of the current everything. Yeah, no. So who's oh. going to be with Kevin Pereira on Attack of the Show? And who's going to be with uh, Adam Sessler on X-Play? That's my question. It, mm. it could be also they, they just... Because they have a good amount of crew. They could probably rotate people in and out with them, most likely. But you know for sure, like, those two are there for those two shows specifically. Yeah. Yeah. I think Olivia Munn still, you know, she has film, films to do. And then uh, Morgan Webb is yeah, working fair. at a game studio currently. So that's probably why they, they're not going to be. They, they need Olivia back. Munn for, uh, to play Psylocke again. <laughs> I, mean, she would, I think she would have made a good Psylocke. They just had to write yeah, no, it's, the character that's better. The thing. I, I don't want to make it sound like she was a bad Psylocke. It's just that was a bad movie. <laughs> She had a fun and, time and with the swords after. She, if you saw clips, she'd still be randomly doing the sword tricks and stuff. And you're like, oh, shit, that's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm excited, though. And it's pretty much, was it 2020 that we got the G4 special? Yeah, last year is a Thanksgiving special. So it's like one year later. That's crazy. Sure it was last year. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah, it was last year because it was pre it was during quarantine. It was during. quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. But it's crazy, though, that's happening one year later. I, I do like that it like they did that, but it's like a year building up, which is insane. So, yeah, that's the news. Anything else on it? Or are we no. pretty much good to go? I, All think right. I think we're good. All right. So uh, what we've been playing, uh, if, if it's OK, could I uh, start with Jedi Fallen Order? Yeah, I don't mind. Out of the way? All right. So a bit ago, I popped in and played Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And I got to say, holy shit respawn did a fantastic job on this game yeah. and yeah did you did you play it you it's, didn't play it, did it's you? still on my list of games to get to at some point okay yeah they did it a great job in terms of gameplay it's very much like a souls game in the style of combat yeah that's one thing that uh has interested me because i do like souls games and yeah. the idea of a star wars souls game very much intrigues me and it does it in two. If I if I remember correctly, I hope I remember correctly. It's got you know difficulty settings, so at least you're not like mm. in a Souls game where you're like I fucking I, I hate everything. I wish I could make this easier, but I fucking can't. Yeah. Uh. So you you can adjust your difficulty, and I think I played on normal. I want to say I I didn't want to fucking kill myself for it, but it's also from the brief Souls games I have touched. Uh. It definitely seems like from what I've heard from people, they say it's like baby's first Souls game or like it's baby's Souls game. Like it's not even close to that difficulty. Mm, but okay. I guess for like a Souls player, you're pretty like kind of having fun running through it and you're like, oh, this is so breezy. Even <laughs> probably on a harder difficulty, it's probably not that bad compared to like Dark Souls and Bloodborne and whatnot. 
Uh, otherwise, the combat itself is so awesome. They do a great job with the lightsaber or lightsabers, uh, depending on how you're playing. Because you do at a certain point get two and you can do like the double bladed. They do like a whole thing with it. So you have like multiple different styles of fighting, whether it is single, double, or uh, dual wielding. And it allows with uh, your, what would it be? I guess like the force branch you have. You have like a, a, tech, a, a tier branch of like powers, basically, that you unlock over time through leveling. And you eventually get them all done, and it's everything from force, lightsaber wielding, uh, special traits that help you get through certain parts of levels and stuff. It does do that Metroidvania style, where there are areas inaccessible mm. that you have to go back to when you get new powers. Right. And uh, with that combination, like, it's really fun just fighting all the different enemies, whether it's Imperials or uh, native enemies or... There were also, I believe, there were just like syndicate dudes. There are some really interesting characters that you fight, but uh, there's different ways, like I said, with the lightsabers, and you can really strategize it when you want to, or just have a fun, dynamic fight because you're also trying everything out at the same time. You could be like, oh, I want to fight this dude dual wielding, and then block everything else, hide for a second, and then change up your style, and then run back out there and just start killing more guys. And it feels really satisfying when all these guys are shooting you and you're just blocking them. You're just blocking the shots and you're doing all these jumps and dodges. You'll like throw some dudes at the force and everything. And you legitimately feel like a Jedi, which is really, really fun. And I think looking back at other games, I guess the closest game that gets it down would probably be the first Force Unleashed game. But that game and this game are like you feel like this game kind of comes from the same cloth. You're like, oh, it's that style and whatnot. And it's like a secret thing that didn't happen before, but it's canon now. Where like, you know, Starkiller was canon for the Lucas era and then Disney bought it. So then it wasn't anymore. But they had made him canon like he was a part of that world. Oh, I thought you were saying that they like chose to make him canon again. And I was like, oh, really? Oh. No, no, Ga- no, Galen Merrick is not ca- no Damn. longer canon. I liked Starkiller. Yeah. I thought he was really cool. Yeah, and here's the difference, though. It's their power level, to say the least. Galen Merrick, they, you know, they made a game where it's this guy who's literally an OP fucking, like, powerhouse force user that can pull Dude. on a goddamn Star Destroyer. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just like, holy shit, like, are they all this power? And it's it's very much like one of those ungrounded games where you're just a fucking superhero flying around practically. Jedi Fallen Order isn't that at all. You are playing a Padawan who survived Order 66 and has been lying low, but he never became a knight. He never finished his training. But he also, like, you see regular Jedi Knights and Masters, and they're, they're, not, they're not really doing the shit that Starkiller does, right? Like, He's kind of a very unique character doing that stuff. Yeah. Well, I liked that he, well, he was like the, the son of a Jedi that Darth Vader killed. And he was like, oh, hey, this kid also has the force. It's pretty strong. I'm going to take him. Yes. And so he trains you from the beginning to be a Sith. And then like throughout the course of the first game, he like learns what his master did to his father. And he like 
actually switches sides and becomes a Jedi by the end of the game. So that, that yeah. was like the first time I'd ever seen anything like that. I thought it was super cool. Whereas uh, in in Fallen Order, you are instead... Cal Kestin? Yeah, Cal Kestis. And sorry, I couldn't... I was blanking on the name. And with Cal, you're just trying to survive. You're, you're just not... Try, you're trying not to die. You're not trying to get discovered. And eventually you do get discovered and you get onto a whole... Uh, you get rescued and you get into a whole, like, crusade of trying to find... Is it okay if I just say the story? Yeah, I don't mind. Okay. So you get picked up by a few characters that are at first, like you don't know whether or not you can trust them and everything. And I actually got to fucking look up the IMDb to remember everyone's names again. It's like, I could remember certain names and let's see. One sec, one sec, one sec. All right. There's Seer played by Deborah. Yeah. So Seer and Grease and they're like your team. Grease is this little short pilot alien. He's just like the, a furry little dude that just looks funny and then seer who's a former jedi knight and she no longer uses the force and they're pretty much like we have a mission we need to we want your help because you're still a jedi seer is no longer a jedi but you are and he's like i'm like a padawan it's not gonna work and they're like we'll, we'll take you anyway because we need your help anyway and they have to go to there's multiple different planets you go through in this game and the great thing is you can revisit those planets and some of those planets you don't even finish with the story like you have to come back again to finish what you were doing mm, yeah. and one of the characters uh that you have to find is uh what is his name uh Eno cordova who was a jedi who had a list of force sensitive children that were currently kids and he had died and they needed to get the list before the empire did because if the empire well they wanted to get the list so they can bring back the jedi order with all these kids whereas you know if the empire gets the list they will now have all these force sensitive children at their disposal and through it like you're getting chased down by the sith inquisitors who are introduced in star wars rebels if you see like the, like the grand inquisitor that like uh they end up fighting oh Remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like the sisters and the brothers and stuff yeah yeah so there's a there's some in this game and it's really fucking cool the way they do it and without, I guess, going through the full story or anything like that, you're trying to evade the Inquisitors while figuring out exactly how Cordova planted his... planted the list without getting it discovered. And you have to solve the mystery in order to unlock the, like, list itself. It's, like, on this specific planet that you have to get through. And the only way to do it is to go to a couple other planets... And one of them is uh, my favorite, which was Dathomir. And oh. yeah, the where the Night Sisters come from yeah. and stuff. So that was really fucking cool. Oh my god, dude. It was it was really fucking cool. Like it, it's like a desert harsh place and it's got all of the uh the male warriors running around and they're fighting. And the thing was, you know, there's not really any more Night Sisters. They're all dead. Because Grievous oh. killed them. And Interesting. Yeah. I, I mean, forgot about that. Yeah, and in Clone Wars, Grievous kills all the Night Sisters, and uh, yeah, then, like I, I remember they got attacked. I totally forgot that it was Grievous who did that. Yeah, like she, they, they like she kills all of them, or he kills all of them, and 
if I remember correctly, the Night Mother survives, but then gets killed by Palpatine. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I'm pretty sure that's what happens. I'm pretty positive. But you find one. Well, you find two things. You, you find One is Terran Malakos, who's a Jedi who survived, got there, and he's somewhat like he's in charge of the, the brothers at this point now. Like he kind of took control of them and he's been taking in the dark magic there. So he's becoming like one with the dark side. He's still against the Empire, but he's not with the Jedi either. He's like his own thing where he just wants power on the planet. And then you have Marin, who is a Knight Sister. And she survived because she was an adolescent or she was like a, yeah, she was like an adolescent one when the attack happened. So she's like around Cal's age, pretty much like they're both the same age when everything was happening. And you, she helps you fight and kill Terran Malakos who, you know, he turned, he wasn't good anymore. And he was just going to take power if anything, but she joins your crew and she's one of the coolest characters I've seen in like the post disney in the like i guess disney era of star wars like because you don't really get a night sister like the closest was asajj ventress but she wasn't really one of them that much you know yeah uh but maren's like a really fucking cool character she has the whole night sister magic so now you have a jedi and a night sister working together to do all this shit yeah that's yeah i'm like oh my god this is so cool and it's near the end of the game, though. Like, you could keep exploring stuff. And the fun thing is, when you get on a planet, you'll have uh, time to, like, talk to everyone off the ship. And they'll comment on the planet itself. They'll talk about, like, everything you've been doing recently and everything else. And one thing they also do is bring in other characters besides, like, maybe Marin was new. Marin's new to this, but you get another character that had that's been in like clone wars and rebels and rogue one you get saw Gerrera, and that's on kashik and so Interesting. yeah uh, you get like the rebels are there so you do get to meet some of the rebels and you help them out for a bit but it's like a fun little like oh saw is here and it's just the the i would say it is where would this be technically i think it's well, it's easily before Rogue One, but I don't know if this is before or after Saw Gerrera in Rebels. It's like really, I so think it's he's I like think a it's uh, it's around the same time. Like he's not walking around with the machine thing, being like, "There's not much of of me left, Jin." Yeah, but it's well, like he's still able Rebels, to like. He was still pretty much like on. I don't. I don't want to say unfazed, but like he wasn't all messed up yet. Yes, the, so it's like he was like the same. He was like the same in that, basically. Like mm, okay. it's around the same time it felt like. I I wanna say it was before Rebels, maybe, but it really is hard to say because like the with that whole thing going on. I, I honestly can't say for sure. I just know for sure it was at least after Clone Wars and before fucking Rogue One. Right. Uh but you get to see him. There's at one point bounty hunters that chase you and you get abducted and you get sent to the bounty hunter planet. Like, the, the, no, this is a weird arena where you have to, like, fight all these different characters and animals to survive. And then you get, like, picked up and uh, rescued. And at first I was afraid because, like, 
it's like the first time these bounty hunters find you in the middle of a mission. Like you're doing shit and then you just get attacked and taken away and you're like, what the fuck just happened? And you mind up there and they have this crazy fucking music. Like it's new Star Wars music and it's like music in the world. It's not like, oh, this is the theme of Star Wars. I mean, this is music that people in the galaxy listen to. Oh, and it's really fucking cool. Like I'll send you a clip later, but it's, it's, I've heard it in two places now, Jedi Fallen Order and then at the cantina in Star Wars land. They played it there too. And I was like, oh shit, oh shit, this is the Jedi Fallen Order music. I was like, I was saying out loud when I was getting drinks at the fucking cantina. But uh, when you get out of there, like the guy's like, this isn't over. Or, like the, the guy that's in charge of the arena. And you get back and every now and again, these random bounty hunters will attack you. And there's like a few different ones that will rotate through that you'll fight. And if you lose, nothing happens. Like, you don't get taken back there again. It's just one time. And what I'm guessing is, like, that's something for the second game where that's going to be brought back. Maybe they have an arena system that they want to put in for the future game. Or it's just another side story that could be happening. But over time, you solve, like, the mystery of what's going on in the game. And it leads you to, like, uh, dealing with the i think it was the seventh sister or the second sister it was one of the which sister was it um was trilla i can't remember her name but trilla was the original name and she's sears apprentice which is really cool and she was like taken in turn into one of the inquisitors but uh you lose to her or she gets away with like the the list and you actually go to was it Mustafar or it's either Mustafar or a different location. You go to a, I can't remember which one it was exactly, but you go to an Imperial base and you try to get the list back and you beat Trilla in the fight. And then, cause the whole thing, you know how, you know, Garen, uh, Galen Merrick does all his shit as star killer and he defeats everybody. He beats the shit out of Darth Vader, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, he can beat everyone practically in this game. You're reminded of your place in the food chain. You beat Trilla and you're like, you did it. You beat her. And then you hear the. Oh, shit. And Darth Vader. Comes I forgot that like, that was like a huge spoiler that people were like, don't tell anyone that this guy shows up. Yep. And he like grabs Trilla and she's just like avenge us. And then he fucking just like takes her out. And you try to fight, you don't even try to fight them. Like everything around you, it's like when a base is exploding and you're trying to get out of the base in like Halo 3, in Halo when the Halo's exploding. It's like that, but the base isn't exploding. It's just Darth Vader pulling shit apart using the force and you're just uh. trying to get the fuck out alive. And uh, Seer tries to help you at certain points where she almost succumbs to the dark side, but you also attempt to fight him a little bit, but it's enough where you're like, Oh, you literally cannot beat him. Like it's Darth, you're you're fucked. So you yeah, know, just... Anakin kind of practiced by killing Padawans. Yeah, so you, you you at least get out alive, and it's really cool. But like the they open because it's underwater. They break the windows, so the water starts coming in, and Darth Vader is literally holding back the water, and that's how you get away. Interesting. But uh, it's so cool the way they do it. You end up like destroying the list and it's like, where to now? And then the game ends and you're like, oh, fuck, I can't wait for Fallen Order 2. But they do so much with it because 
there's a whole world of everything you get to check out. Like there's uh, artifacts and everything and you scan them. And it'll usually have like voice logs that aren't like actual voice logs. It's you're using the force to see what was around this item with whatever happened. And that's so you can hear the voices around that item oh, with the force. And it does everything from like, there's parts of the Clone Wars. Like you actually go to, um, I'm trying to remember the, I'm, I'm pulling up the list of all of the planets on there. Uh, I'll briefly just talk about them just to uh, mention it all. So there's Bracca, and Bracca's like the, uh, uh, it's the place where you destroy everything. It's the junkyard. And that's where I believe, so this is what I think this is. It's that scrapyard where the Bad Batch, did you watch Bad Batch? Oh, you watched Bad Batch, yeah. right? We talked about it. Remember they go and get their implants removed on like a, uh, the planet with all the destroyed ships? Yes. That was Bracca. So the, oh, the, okay. the, the level you start off at is the Bad Batch one. And I noticed that when I was just like, oh shit, oh, it's the Bad this is that place and i, I was shocked because uh it was just a cool like I, I like that they've been doing this now where they're connecting everything but not necessarily connecting you're just like oh it's that one place they went to there's no hints or interactions that this occurred but you know that oh this was visited once before and it was by these people yeah uh you also go to bagano which is where Ino Cordova's, uh, this is like Ino Cordova's planet. This is where he was like based with the lists and everything else. So this is kind of where you start off and where you keep coming back to, to unlock the area uh, to get the list of the of the uh, force sensitive children. Zepho is really cool because that's like your first stop to try to figure out what Ino Cordova is hiding. And it's supposed to be like, um, if I remember correctly, the... Uh, what was the name? I think they were they were called the Zepho. We're like the this civilization of aliens, and they ended up getting wiped out because they got too big for their britches. Like they were a very prosperous race, and then they started, I guess, dwelling into like darker shit, and it ended up just destroying them to where they all died. Like the entire race was wiped out. But you explore that planet a lot, to where like there's a lot you don't see in the beginning. And then you start going below, like you unlock more and more areas, including like a whole fucking ice area. And it's insane how big it is to the point where I'm like getting lost a little bit. Like, how the fuck do I get out of here? It's so massive. And the enemies keep spawning and there's like a fucking uh, rancor or something similar to a rancor that keeps attacking me. And it keeps coming back because I keep coming back to the spot because I'm lost. But it's really cool. And then Kashik, of course, that's where you meet the rebels and they're trying to help the Wookiees. And then they're just like, all right, we're done. We're going <laughs> to, sorry, Wookiees, we tried, uh, which is funny. But some rebels also stay back. It's like that whole thing with Saw where he tries to help, but he doesn't really stick to one place at a time. So he doesn't really fully help. He just kind of drops in, attempts it, then gives up and then goes to try in another place. Uh, and there's, a, I'll say this, there's a really cool area you get to in the trees where there's like, um, I don't want to say a dragon, but a giant bird that uh, helps you out a bit. And it's at the origin tree. Remember that giant tree? There's like a really big tree in Kashik. Uh, 
You'll no? see. Basically, <laughs> it's like it's uh, it's home to the it's like the ma- it's the sacred tree to the Wookiees and stuff. But you'll you'll learn a lot about it. Uh, and then Dathomir, of course, like I was talking about. And then you actually get to go to Ilum, where the lightsaber crystals are, all the kyber crystals. Oh, so cool. you get to go there too and construct a a new lightsaber and stuff. But it's it's really really fucking awesome. And then uh. The last place was the... So that's what it was. Okay. Fortress Inquisitorious on the planet Nur. So it's not Darth Vader's fortress. It's the Inquisitor fortress that you go to. I was trying to remember because I knew it wasn't Mustafar. I was like, I can't remember what the name was. But it was... was, Yeah, it was really cool going there. And uh, everything about this game felt really good. The music was really good. Whether it was the diegetic or non-diegetic music. Which, you know, is music that's like part of the world that's in it or the music that you're as a viewer listening to that's not like something that the characters in the game in like the world actually hear um so that was that was really awesome and like i said the gameplay is really tight the lore is really cool and it really works it's like this game did two things i think for me james one it showed ea being (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> jerks to Amy Hennig for nothing being like single players won't single player Star Wars won't work proceeds to do single player Star Wars game and it's highly successful and fucking amazing yeah and you're just like how the hell did that happen and then it also does this whole like okay we're seeing more of this world being built in the Disney Star Wars and it's like apart from those main movies like this is one of those pluses like it's doing good this is really fucking good and I want more I want a second game from this and I think like Respawn because they were saying, like, you know, Titanfall 3 is not currently on the big agenda right now for them. I think what is is, of course, Jedi Fallen Order 2. And I think they did... Someone... I think Lucas did tease for a new Star Wars game reveal in December, which I think yeah. will be at the Game Awards. I yeah, think I it'll be Jedi ask, Fallen do, Order 2. Do you think that that might be what yes. they're teasing? Yes, I do. I do. Mm. I, I think it's going to be... Because Ubisoft's Star Wars game is going to be far away because they're still working on the Avatar game. Oh, I forgot they they uh, said they were working on one of those. Yeah, it's from the Division guys. So I think it's going to be Jedi Fallen Order 2 because they're still, you know, Respawn's got people working on Apex. They finished Medal of Honor, their VR game, so that's done. Uh, they could be working on more VR stuff. And they could maybe work on a another Titanfall game, but I really think they're focusing mainly on Jedi Fallen Order 2 before they even hit a, Jedi, uh, a Titanfall 3. So, yeah. And I think... What did this game come out? 2019, right? At least a couple of years ago, for sure. I think it was 2019. I So far, it's probably my favorite game of 2019 without playing Outer Worlds or Death Stranding. So I would say, as of now, it's my top 2019 game. Uh, yes. And yeah, great game. Awesome gameplay. Awesome story. Awesome everything. Cool. Your turn. Yeah, definitely got to play that someday. Definitely. So for me, uh, pretty much... The only game that I played in the last couple weeks, most I mean, I haven't been playing much, but like the the one thing I made sure to play as soon as it came out was Metroid Dread, because I don't know if I've ever mentioned on this podcast before, but I kind of like the Metroid series a little bit. Uh, by that, I mean, it's like probably one of my favorite series of all time. And I don't know, it's just one I wanted to. I was hoping that Nintendo was going to be able to pull off doing a 2D side-scrolling Metroid for the first time in, like, almost 20 years or something like that. Like, Fusion was the last 
side-scrolling Metroid game that they put out, unless you want to count the uh, Samus Returns Metroid 2 remake that they did like a few years ago on the 3DS, which was pretty good. But it, again, that's that's a remake of a game that already existed. This is basically supposed to be Metroid 5. Metroid, Metroid Dread is supposed to be Metroid 5. And it's supposed to be the end of the series. But like... I don't think that means they're going to never do another Metroid game. That would be insane. I, it's just supposed to be the I mean, end. Of course, we still have Metroid Prime 4 coming. And yeah, they already uh, announced Metroid Prime 4, although they also had to restart doing that. But whatever. Like, I <laughs> I feel like they definitely could do more games with Samus and just have her do other missions that just don't involve Metroids. Because that I think that's what they meant was like, this is the last story that's going to be involving the metroid specifically but good god i really liked this game like i was a little bit worried looking at all the trailers that like oh man it kind of just looks like metroid uh samus returns which was just kind of okay i hope they don't focus on the melee combat too much because that was like a thing that they added that didn't really i don't know it was fine but it didn't really add too much to me it so one of the things I have like a few complaints with this game, but overall I, I really enjoyed it. Like as annoying as it was that I, I got lost like a bunch of times trying to figure out where I was supposed to go next. But generally the, uh, the level design was actually pretty clever. Like there's clearly supposed to be a linear pathway that they want you to go throughout the main story for the most part. But the reason why it's, kind of easy to get lost is like the only uh, like objective that you are given throughout the entire game is just you wake up in the beginning of the game somewhere inside the planet ZDR and you get to an AI terminal and your ship AI is like oh yeah some crazy shit happened I don't know what happened but like clearly something went down your suits all fucked up like you've forgotten all of your abilities and clearly never happened before right yeah, this this one was even like, it's not the dumbest explanation they've ever had, but this time they were like, whatever happened in that fight with that Chozo warrior that showed up in the beginning, like he like something happened to your body and you have physically changed. I don't know what that means yet, but as a result, you've like your suit has reverted back to its like base power suit. And you've lost all your abilities. And they literally say, think of it as a type of physical amnesia. And I'm just like, okay, sure. Why not? Whatever. Uh, but one of the things that I just love about the Metroid games is that they do this really good job of making you feel, you know, capable, but definitely still vulnerable towards the beginning of the game. And then by the end of the game, if you've spent a, a lot of time, like not even just getting the the upgrades that it gives you as part of the story, but also going around and getting all the like missile tanks and, and uh, energy tanks to increase your offensive uh, abilities and your your life bar. Like by the end of the game, you feel unstoppable. And that doesn't mean that the final boss fight is easy. Like it's still pretty fucking hard, but it's just really cool. I love the progression th that these games give you of starting at like a decent power level and then by the end of the game you're just like oh my god almost nothing can stop me um, and it's pretty much like the it, it's the 
definition and pretty much the reason why they're called metroidvania games pretty much right pretty much i mean that that's the thing metroid is one of the two games besides like i think symphony of the night was really like the first game uh, castlevania game that was like metroid and so since then they've just called the the genre metroidvania because the basic i guess the basic idea is just like you get new abilities that unlock new areas and you have like a map to explore that's that's basically it and there's like secrets to find but uh, one of the things that metroid dread does well like the rest of the series is that like you'll see upgrades hidden around the environment and you kind of just have to figure out how to get to them and even when you have all the abilities in the game it like at this point i just earlier today got the last upgrade and and uh have like 100 percent of the items in the game so i kind of want to finish it again and, uh, and see if i get anything extra for finishing it with 100 percent of the items but the um even knowing that i have all the abilities there were still some rooms where i was just like wait how do i do this specifically with like speed booster uh challenges like those can get kind of complicated but um so as far as my negatives of this game like i already mentioned that it's it's pretty easy to get lost but generally if i ever got lost i would just go back to wherever i got my last upgrade and kind of just see where it tried to point me and usually that that fixes it uh because like i said there's once you see it, there's a pretty obvious linear pathway they want you to go in the game. It's just not super obvious all the time, which I guess that's actually really clever that they they made this entire complicated interweaving map and somehow there's like one correct path to get through it to get to all the upgrades that you need to get through the game. And they don't even tell you how like where you're supposed to go, but they somehow ferry you exactly where you need to go most of the time so that's pretty clever just get that feeling in the forest you're like i think it's this way yeah so but the things that i guess if i was going to complain i I would have uh add as like a negative this game is a little bit repetitive Mm. so uh one of the main i guess mechanics of the game is that there are these seven robots i forget what the acronym stands for it's like emmi but it's like basically they are uh remote drone robots that are supposed to be sent by the galactic federation to planets that they want to research and they just like take samples of local fauna and stuff like that so that they don't have to risk sending real people onto a planet and like if a robot dies or gets destroyed whatever at least we can rebuild them uh so the galactic federation did that for this planet and then they went dark for some reason and that should apparently be impossible because they're supposed to be like indestructible and so you get to the planet and for some reason they've been reprogrammed and they're all hunting you and so there's these like seven or so or like each area in the game has an emmy in it Uh, not every single area but like most of the big areas in this game have an emmy in it that if you go into this specific area, it will be hunting you. And you have like certain tricks to get away from it. Like you get a cloaking ability at some point. So you can like hide in certain areas. But I found them to be like really hard to predict sometimes. So unless I was sitting in a specific spot that I could only hide in as a morph ball that they literally couldn't get into, there would be times where I would like hide at the end of a hallway and they'll stop in front of me and scan. And they're like, 
they clearly can't see me and then they'll just keep walking forward anyway anyway and they'll run into me and grab me oh shit uh so and there is they do give you a chance to do a melee counter to get out of their grapple but the timing for it is so ridiculously slim and they change up the timing too so you can't just like get used to the timing for these robots so you just have to be really lucky that you haven't hit the button at the right time and so on the one hand i kind of didn't like these segment uh, segments because one of the things i love to do in metroid games is just explore every area of the map that i can go to and whenever i got to these areas i couldn't do that because i didn't have the time to just like wander around every corner and see what what there was in every place until you destroy them which at least you can destroy them and once you do then you can just explore however you want but where the repetitiveness comes in is that there are seven of these things and you the you kill them in the same way every time i mean and it's not the most repetitive thing i've ever seen because at least so you use the same type of weapon like arm cannon to destroy them every time but where they try to make a puzzle out of it is like it it each room that they're in is differently shaped i guess so you have to find like the right place where you have enough space to charge up this weapon to to hit them and so it's not just like the same kind of boss fight every time it's more like a puzzle of like okay where is in this whole area do i have a safe space to lure them into an attack so but it's not only that there's also like a bunch of different times of this game where you fight the same chozo warrior like things that are attacking you and there is a reason at the end of the game that they give you for why you were thrown into these similar battles over and over and over again but in the end that does make it so that you do do the same boss fights a lot of times and there are unique boss fights that are much more creative and much more fun and i one of the things i really enjoyed in this game is how most of the time samus is pretty silent except for like one scene where she actually speaks uh but they still find ways to put a lot of like character and just the way she moves like she is a badass and she knows she's a badass so like one of the best examples is in the for some reason there's a kraid monster (laughs) in this game Kraid is like a recurring uh boss in a, a few of these games and you literally just drop into a room at some point and there's a Kraid there and i'm just like oh okay i guess we're fighting a Kraid now and so the way they do this cutscene is like samus drops down from the ceiling and sees that there's like this massive monster in the back of the room that's coming at her and you see like the way they do the camera angle is it's from the monster's perspective looking down at her mm-hmm. and you can see that as soon as she realizes what's coming at her she literally relaxes and is just like oh i know what this shit is i can beat the shit out of this guy <laughs> and like literally Craig tries to lunge at her and he's like this time he's like chained up in, against the wall and stuff like that so he can't quite get to her and she can see that so she just like lets him roar at her and she just stands there charging her uh, arm cannon just like fires down his throat and it's just like even just little touches like that where instead of her getting battle ready because a giant monster is coming at her she actually is just like oh this isn't a problem 
Like, I love that shit. And they do that so many times in this game where they just show her oozing badass. Like, and then I don't know if I want to get into spoilers just because, like, I don't know you don't really care because you haven't even played any of these games. And I literally already told you the crescendo, like, yesterday when we went to go see No Time to Die. I guess you can either, because I know, I guess, like, more people will be more current with it than I am. Yeah. listening potentially but I think it's, it's up just to you that, i think it's just that like this game literally only came out like a couple weeks ago so it's, it's not like something that came out a year ago that i that i would be less worried about ruining someone's time with whereas i'm like jedi fallen order is like two years later and i'm yeah. like oh fuck I, I beat this a while ago i'm trying to remember everyone's names i forgot <laughs> yeah so uh overall i guess as a fan of the metroid series i was still even with my gripes of it being a little bit repetitive I still really enjoyed it. It was a very fun game. Uh, it is tough. Like there are a lot of boss fights that I died over and over on, but like it's all doable, of course. And honestly, like, so I, at, at first I didn't really put so much effort into getting all the upgrades and stuff. So I was able to finish the game in just over eight hours. So oh, wow. it's not that long of a game. And I really appreciate that, that it's like, it didn't overstay its welcome. It wasn't uh, like unnecessarily long because it's like, oh, it's the last game of the series. We got to make it like a really long one. Like, no, they just stuck with like a tight, well-told story with some really cool cutscenes. I guess like, I guess one twist that I will say that like really was the moment that made me go like, holy shit, this game is fucking amazing, uh, was about halfway through the game, the whole... Like the the original thing that brought Samus to the planet was that the a video was sent to the Galactic Federation from this planet that an X parasite was found there, and those are from Metroid Fusion, and they're basically like if you've ever if anyone on this like listening to this has heard us talk about the th- like the movie The Thing, the X are basically like the thing where it's this like single celled organism thing. That can like fly around and infect other creatures and then like kind of copy their genetic signature and shapeshift into them. And so like fusion for reasons like the, the, the X were a really cool new addition to that series as like a reason for why the Metroids were around. Because apparently the Metroids were designed to hunt the X because they were the X were such a dangerous like life form and they show up again in this game. And initially, what I like is that for the first half of the game, you're just fighting regular monsters and stuff like that, or regular like alien life forms that are on the planet that you see while running through the hallways of ZDR and stuff like that. And then you get to a vault towards the middle of the game and you open it up to see what's inside. And there's a bunch of dead Chozo in there. And you find out it's because the this is where the X parasite was like contained and you let it out accidentally and it infects the entire planet and from the rest of the game you're just fighting x at that point and i was just like holy shit this is amazing i i literally did not think they were actually going to bring x back i thought that was just going to be a fusion thing and i really really liked how like where the game goes from there so yeah if anyone also i guess if anyone is wondering where to start with metroid like if you are worried about getting into you mean like like me (laughs) yeah like if you don't want to get to the last game in the series right off the bat and you already have a switch 
I would recommend uh, just plunking down like maybe the 20 bucks for the Nintendo online subscription, literally just to play Met- uh, Super Metroid. Like Metroid 1 is on there too, but like that one's harder to go back to because it doesn't have a map any- uh, or anything because it was literally an NES game. Like they didn't is, have a map. Uh, Super Metroid the second game? Super Metroid is technically the third game, but it's... Oh, wait, also- were there two NES Metroid games? No, that's the weird thing. Metroid 2 was a Game Boy game. Oh, and like a Nintendo Game Boy game? Yes. It's really weird that they took... Fucking they made- Nintendo! Yeah, they made the sequel to an NES game Wait, is that the Boy. one that they made as a DS game? Yes, and that's the thing. That's one of the reasons why oh. I liked that they remade that, was that like now it's not stuck on the Game Boy anymore. Uh, so it's like it's kind of hard to find. But you still ways. can't play it on the Switch. No. You can't play either of them on the Switch. Nope. <laughs> so that's the other thing. If they if they add Game Boy games and Game Boy Advance games to Switch Online expansion pass, maybe we'll talk about that thirty bucks. But <laughs> at this point, like definitely the twenty dollars to like. I mean, if you want to play Metroid One just to see where the series started, I th- I still think it's fun, but it's just really hard to navigate that that map because everything looks the same and they don't have a map to look at you just mm. literally have to remember everything super metroid though is still to this day one of my favorite games of all time it is in my opinion as close to perfect as you can get so definitely if you don't want to pick up few uh metroid dread for like 60 bucks definitely like the 20 dollars to play uh, to get metro uh super metroid on uh nintendo online is in my opinion absolutely worth it okay gotcha yeah i I figured eventually when i get into it i was gonna just i was gonna start with all the nes games for everything i was just gonna dive in there because isn't it one thing about the nes games now for at least for this for the switch there's like ways to save you're not oh yeah no there's save states there's rewinds and stuff so that's it's way way easier to get into those nowadays on the switch online service for sure Okay, that's all I care about, really. Because, yeah, when, oh, when I eventually get to it, I was basically going to do every Mario, Zelda, Metroid, all that fun stuff. Yeah. And whatnot. But that's awesome, man. Shit. I'm, I'm oh, God, eventually, one day, one day, I'm over here playing Animal Crossing and Smash Bros. <laughs> still, I'm like, oh, I, I, I should probably play Hyrule Warriors and Donkey Kong. <laughs> I'll probably get back uh, to Hyrule Warriors after this because I still haven't finished that. I'm, like, getting pretty close, though. Gotcha uh but we are an hour and 22 in oh wow we could talk about I, I, maybe we probably just stop here I yeah think. let's better. just stop for now we got the big ones out of the way i think for these sure were, these are the one of the bigger ones on our lists and the thing was like jedi fallen order was the oldest game i had and i'm glad to finally get that out of the way and the next game i'm probably going to talk about is gears 5 and just recently finished that even though that's probably the longest game i played because of shit but I could, yeah, could finally fucking hit that up, which will be nice. Uh, With that said, though, guys, that has been uh, Sutra Side Talk. Uh, Next week, we'll probably talk. We'll see what we'll talk. Actually, I might see if, I don't know, Gears 5, we'll probably have to wait because there's already a bunch of recordings happening. We'll see what we talk about next week. (laughs) Because if anything, we can get all the other singular things off on our list. For sure, James, though, because I did finally get through my giant DC animation binge and uh, I rewatched all the James Bond movies before watching No Time to Die. Uh, This week, I will for sure watch New Mutants and we could talk about that next week. All right. The single single thing I need to watch for you versus... Now now that uh, The Invisible Man is back on HBO Max, I can watch that again for free. (laughs) 
If you could watch that this week, we could easily then knock out those two movies plus some other. We'll we'll, we'll talk about those. We'll talk about the Lost Boys. We'll, we'll 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 get some stuff out of the way finally. It'll be nice. But uh, of course, that has been the show. If you want to contact us, you can email us at sutrasidetalk at gmail.com, uh, whether or not you want to leave us comments or feedback. But of course, uh, you can also send us questions if you want us to read those questions on the show, whether it's something related, related to the news or maybe something you want to hear our opinions on for something played watched, maybe that we have or haven't done yet. Uh, just that stuff in general, you can always send. Once again, sutrasidetalk at gmail.com. And you can, of course, subscribe on any podcast platform. And if it's Apple Podcast, please give us a five-star review. That would really help us out. You could follow the show on Instagram and Twitter, at Talk two words. And on TikTok, Talk one word. And uh, I think this is the week I'm finally bringing back TikTok content, guys. I'm sorry, I only made like three videos, and that was a while ago. Uh, in like late August, I think. So I, I will be bringing that back this week, I think, because I did a lot of catching up this past week of trying to get things done, and I have more time now to finally hit those. And also, I, I kind of know what I want to do it in terms of content, at least for this week, so uh, we'll have that for sure. And then uh, you can follow Jims on Twitter at invaderjim 124 and you can follow me on Twitter at gogocomzilla. And this week, we got some other stuff coming up, so... Wednesday, hopefully, we should still have episode 21 of Sidewatch, where we'll talk about No Time to Die. It's also October, so we already have an episode out on Nosferatu. And later on this month, we'll talk about the original Universal Dracula movie, Cut of Steel. We're going to have an episode out, hopefully, this Friday, and it's going to be on DC Fandom as a whole. It's a very, very big list of stuff, but it's a bunch of stuff that we'll literally talk about anywhere from 30 seconds to two minutes where there'll be, of course, some other ones that'll probably take a little bit longer, but a lot of them are pretty small, and I'm still eliminating some that aren't necessarily, like, really talkable, but we'll see what happens, and we'll see how many people are on. Uh, maximum, we'll have five people, minimum, at least two. We'll see how many people can make it. Uh, still seeing if James will be able to make it. We'll find out. Yeah. But uh, one other thing, up to it, down to it, we are going to have a spooky episode probably out closer to Halloween, but uh, we will do another spooky-themed one. Otherwise, you can go back to, I think, our third episode where we actually talked about some interesting supernatural experiences and lucid dreams and whatnot. Uh, but that has been Sutraside Talk. We will catch you guys next week. So long. Thanks for listening.